Hallelujah. Well, today, this week, I was praying and just meditating on the Word, and the Lord spoke something to me, and I'm going to give you that before I begin the message that I have. The Holy Spirit said to me, in the last days, there'll be those who will turn away from the teaching of the Word. But there will be those also who press in and receive all that the Lord of the harvest has prepared for them. And at last, the precious fruit will come to full maturity. Amen. Through the receiving of the Word. So set yourself this morning to be part of those that in the last days and in this last time will be those who receive the Word and you grow thereby. You come into maturity to the place where the Lord would have you and that you're right in your fit for the last days and for this last time. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning, the name of my message, um, the title of my message is called, What Spirit? This is a week where people will enter into all kinds of things with all kinds of spirits coming up through next week. Um, Next Sunday is October 31st. And we'll plan on having a great service here, honoring the King and exalting the Spirit of the Lord, right? But this week is a week where people, they get the dabbling in all kinds of stuff. I heard that the um, pet stores don't even sell dogs and cats this week. Leading up into the weekend, there are many who won't because of all the things that people do and all the evil that people enter into. We're not those people. We're not those people. We have a purpose on this earth. There's a reason that we are here. The original intent of the Lord was that we would have dominion and authority in the earth. That we would carry out the plans and the purposes of the Lord in the earth. You have a purpose. There is a plan of God for you. But as the Holy Spirit has been ministering so much in in the weeks past, and to us, and we're building, and we're maturing, if you're missing services and if you're missing times, Just repent, change your mind on what you're doing and get on in. Because we're building. The Holy Spirit is speaking and He's. this is a very strategic time for this group of people to hear, receive, and walk out what we're being taught. Right? I mean, God didn't send you in this body for an accident, by accident. He put you here because there's teaching and word coming across this pulpit that will change your life. And that will bring life to you. So as we've been teaching and hearing, Pastor Brian, this is one of his favorite spirit. I mean, one of his favorite um, scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Thoughts of peace to give you a hope and a future. You know, though, that doesn't just fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree. <laughs> he said. If you will obey, if you will keep my word, if you will abide in me, then, see, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. It's under the covering of His Lordship. It's under the covering of His Lordship in your life that He knows the thoughts that He has for you. Because you know what? I've got good thoughts for my four-year-old son, Clay. I want to do things to bless him. I want him to grow up and I want him to live in the blessing and the provision of the Lord. I want him to have peace in his life and I want things to go well for him. 
at my son Jared, my daughter Savannah. I have good thoughts toward them. Everything that I desire for them is good. Everything that He desires for you is good. But you know that there's going to come a day where my children are going to have to make a choice based on what I've taught them. They're going to choose. They're either going to have the life of God in their life that we're laying out before them and we're showing them how to live, or they're going to have destruction. And the Bible says, choose this day life or death. I said it before you. Choose life. And that's all you got to do. It's not hard. It's not a hard thing. God didn't make it, you know, some unobtainable ring. If you feel like you're after something that's unobtainable, you're not doing it God's way. <laughs> right? If you feel like that you just can't get there, uh, we got to readjust and learn what He, what he has, how He says to get there, because He makes the path straight to eternal life. Eternal life. Praise the Lord. Well, you must make Jesus Lord. Have we heard that before? Has that been coming across over and over? Let's turn to Philippians 3, verse 12. Philippians 3, verse 12. Holy Spirit, help it to be clear for us. Help it to be clear for us. Hallelujah. Philippians 3, verse 12. We'll start there. Not that I have already obtained or am I already perfected, but I press on to lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have attained, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press forward to those things that are ahead, and I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. How many of you want to lay hold of the things that Jesus laid hold of you for? You know, He didn't just lay hold of you. That tells us He didn't just lay hold of you so that you can in the sweet by and by make it to heaven. There are things and purposes that He has for you and it's the, and all based in the reason that He laid hold of you. Do you know He laid hold of you by, by means of salvation and His death on the cross because so that you could fulfill then the plan that He had for you? There would be no reason. If I do not buy a food processor to put in my cabinet and leave there. I buy a food processor because I want to process food. I want to chop vegetables. I want to make different types of things that when brought together is something for us to eat. It's good to eat. Right? That's why there's a purpose and the only person that can know the purpose for you is the maker of you. There's no body that can effectively communicate your purpose to you like He can. Now, we've heard this over and over and over before. The greatest tragedy in life is being successful at the wrong assignment. How do you be successful at the wrong assignment? You don't ask Him. You don't follow Him. You don't follow His Spirit. Because look, guys, we've been taught over and over and over in the faith circle, charismatic circle, word of faith, however you, whatever kind of name, that's why we don't really go under a name. Pastor Brian says he's going to start saying we're kingdom first because we seek first the kingdom. Because while all the things that we've been taught, there's been truth in it and it's been good, the Lord did not desire that we stop there. He desired that we looked ahead. And we've been taught over and over and over that, you know what, you must, you must be following the Lord if you're getting rich. 
You must be following the Lord's plan for your life if you're having success in what you're doing. You must be following the Lord's plan for your life if everything's just working out for you. Haven't we? Haven't we been fed a line of, you know what, you can tell if you're in faith if you're, if you're receiving things. You can tell if you're in faith if, if, if you've got a new car. Or if you've got a bigger house. Oh, the Lord must just be blessing you. That's not necessarily true. Because I'm going to submit to you, you know you're in faith if you're obeying Him. And things, regardless of what you can see that's happening in the, in the natural realm, have no bearing on the spirit realm. They are not a reflection necessarily of the spirit realm because there are two spirit realms in operation. And if the devil can bless you and get you so caught up in what you can get and what you can do and how you can toil and spin and get after things, he can keep you to see from the way that, that the Lord really wants you to walk. Now, just like the Lord said last week, <clears throat> and we brought out, um, don't be deceived to think that just because you follow the Lord's way that you're not going to be blessed and have things. But they won't be from the toiling and the spinning of your hand. Take no thought for tomorrow, said the Lord. What you'll eat or what you'll drink, what you'll put on. Look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. But even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like they are. What's the Lord telling us? You don't toil and spin after it. You follow my way and don't worry. Seek first the kingdom and I'll make you more than what you would have been if you'd have worked after it. Right? If you'll follow me, if you'll follow my spirit, let's look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. This is kind of where we ended up last week. And I tell you what, this got so good to me this week. Just every time that I... um. Think about it. Every time that I think about it, that's the wrong scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. We'll get back to Corinthians 12. It's there too this morning. But Romans chapter 12. And this got so good to me this week after, um, after last week that Paul said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. There's two things that I want to bring out before we go on. Paul said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. What we see here, it's God's mercy that would draw us in to sacrifice. It's by His mercy that He tells us over and over, you have to make me Lord. You have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross and follow me. It's His mercy because He knows that the only way to life is by losing what would look like your life. The only way to eternal life is walking the straight and narrow path that leads to the kingdom. Amen? It's by His mercy because He loves you that He tells you these things. Now, the other thing is is that we be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is very closely related to the word that we brought out over and over, repent. It is the exact same word. 
that we've brought out over and over. Repent. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. Can we say that we cannot prove the acceptable and perfect will of God without a changing of the mind? John the Baptist came preaching and teaching, Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's among us. Change your mind. Learn to think differently. Jesus, the Bible said, and He came preaching and teaching the kingdom, saying, Repent! Again, I know that many of you have already heard this, but it'll bear repetition. Repent is not, Oh God! I'm so sorry! I'm going to mistake! I'm sorry! Please forgive me! Now, it might accompany repentance, but that is called asking for forgiveness. True forgiveness takes, I mean, true repentance takes place when there is a changing of the mind. Because I can tell you I'm sorry over and over again for something that I've done, and if I do it tomorrow, did I repent? I said I was sorry. I asked you for for your forgiveness for what I did, but I did not repent and turn from the action. Jesus said, He that comes to me, you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to change your mind. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you'll repent and enter in the door. You'll, have, you'll change. You'll change your mind. You'll learn to think differently. Now, <clears throat> there are two, again, two spirits, two worlds in operation. There's the spirit of the world, and there's the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, and they are at odds with each other all the time. All the time, both of them vying for your attention, both of them vying for your obedience. Because Satan, what did he do when he took Jesus up to the high place? He said, look here. He, he did several things to tempt him. Tempted him with food, tempted him with, with God um, protect him and take care of him. And then he tempted him. The last temptation was that if you'll bow before me, if you'll lower yourself, if you'll submit to my way of doing things and go ahead and come on over into my kingdom, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. I'll make you successful. You'll be king over everything you can see. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, because the word says that you shall love the Lord God only, Him only shall you worship. Is that right? But you know what? He tempted him what with the things that he could see, with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He was tempted in all ways as we are. And God knows that you're going to have the desire. God knows you have the desire to succeed. God knows you have the desire for things. In a way, he put those in you. But the only, th- the only thing is, like we started, there's two ways to get them. One's seeking first the kingdom, and worse, one's seeking first yourself. And your way of doing things. Let's dig in. 1 John 4. 1 John 4. Hallelujah. Let's read this one. We're going to go to 1 John 4 and 1 Corinthians 12. 
Hallelujah. By the mercies of God, I beseech you that you submit and that you give your life as a sacrifice. Lay hold on the thing that He's obtained you for. Amen. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because the false prophets have already gone out into the world. By this you know that the, that the, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is you that is in he that is in you than he that is in the world. Notice that it said a spirit that would not confess that the anointing one and his anointing is here among us would be the spirit of the Antichrist. Now let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, or verse 2. You know that when you were Gentiles, you were carried away by dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make it known that no one speaking of the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except for by the Holy Spirit. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except for by the Holy Spirit. Come on guys, the Holy Spirit is speaking. No one can say... Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If you, listen guys, my goodness, this is what has been coming across over and over and over again. You've got to make Him the supreme authority. No one, listen, no one can get to the place in their life where Jesus is the supreme authority except for by the Holy Spirit. And anyone who would follow after another thing that would submit to another thing and that would keep part of themselves back from Him as the supreme authority is operating in the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, please do not freak out on me. I did not say you were the Antichrist. I did not even say that the person of the Antichrist is in the earth yet. What I said was there's a spirit of the Antichrist and he's already here. It's already here. At battle with the Holy Spirit within you. No one can make Jesus the supreme authority except for by the Holy Spirit. And no one can come to the Lord unless the Spirit draws him. Isn't that what the Word tells us? Now, let's keep going. Let's keep going. The Antichrist, look guys, you know, we, we like to look at it and think, well, you got Christ and the Antichrist and they're opposites. They're not. The Antichrist is an imitation of the Christ. It's like imitation bacon bits. What's the Antichrist going to come and do in the earth? He's going to come and bring peace. He's going to come and bring stability. He's going to come and bring one, you know, one government that mirrors the government of the kingdom enough to where it's going to deceive people. 
That's why they're going to turn his way. Is that right? Now look, they are opposites in that the very spirit of the thing is opposite, but he does not look opposite. That's why people get deceived by it. It's not the opposite of thing of Christ that deceives people. But look, guys, the, the principal difference, and this is where we judge. He said, I, don't, I want you to judge the spirits. Find out what is the spirit of... The principal difference is that Jesus obeys the Father. He said in um, John six thirty eight, I have come down from heaven and I do not do my own will, but I do the will of him who sent me. Let us strive to be like Jesus. I do not do my own will, but the will of him who has apprehended me. You know again that you're walking by faith if you're obeying him. You know that you're in line with the Spirit of God if you're obeying Him and if Jesus is truly the Lord of your life. The Spirit of the Antichrist acts according to His own impulses and desires. It's not a spooky, scary thing. It's just what is. If you're operating by the flesh, are you not yet carnal? Have you not submitted your members to another way? Matthew sixteen twenty one. Matthew sixteen twenty one. All right, here we go. Let me say this again. No one can say that the Christ, the anointed one, the Redeemer, the Messiah, how many words can we pull out for Jesus? No, nobody can say that the one that would redeem us has come into the earth except by the Spirit of God. If, you, if it will not say that Jesus, the Messiah, the one coming to the earth, is here, then it's the Spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, Number two, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except for by the Holy Spirit. Now let's look, because Jesus, there's one person that Jesus said to, you don't know what spirit you're of. Let's look at this. Verse 21. From that time, this is after, this is Matthew 16, where pastor's been camped out for a while. So um, let, let me just go back up to um, verse 16 and kind of trail on down. Um, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. Peter answered him and said, um, or they answered him and said, Some say you're Elijah. Some said that you're um, one of the prophets. Some said you're this one or that one. And Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Who revealed it to him? The Holy Spirit. The Father, who is in heaven, revealed it to him. And and, and Pastor brought out that Peter tapped into something that that people hadn't tapped into before. He was able to discern by the Spirit who Jesus was. Peter had tapped into something that was going to be made available to us because, see, Peter had not received the Holy Spirit yet. 
He said, blessed are you. You've learned how to tap in to the Holy Spirit. Let's read on down. I will say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elder and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me because you are not mindful of the things of God, but you're mindful of the things of men. And it switched just that quick. So, so we can see here, one minute Peter, is, he's, got the, he's got the revelation. I mean, Jesus is like, my goodness, you've tapped in. You, you, nobody's done this before. You, Peter, man, this is your Peter on the revelation of this, that I am the Christ. I'm going to build my church. The next thing you see is Peter, no, 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 Lord. No, no, supreme authority. What you say, can't, we, I'm not going to do it. That can't be. That can't happen. And Jesus said, you are mindful, not of the things of God, but of the things of men. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist. What was that? What was that? He, just that quick, he turned, he said, you are the Christ. Nope, you, nope, don't, 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 don't do what is going to make you the, the Christ. Don't, don't do the thing that is going to make you Lord of all. And you say, you don't know, you don't know what spirit you're of. You have the mind of the world. We can set our thing, self on the minds and on the ways of the world and miss. Totally miss. Jesus would look, you know, Jesus would look at, at us at times and say, get, get, get thee behind me. Say, look, pastor brought out last week it's in Philippians um, 3. Philippians 3. <clears throat> Let's go back there because th- this is what we have to see here. This is what we have to see. If you're going to enter into the kingdom, you have to do it through the door. Jesus is the door. But you only get through the door by Romans 10, 9, and 10. Which says that if you confess the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that Christ has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Again, if you confess the Lord Jesus, it means to make a, a, an assent with your mouth, but it means much more than that. Making Jesus Lord of your life has to do very closely with what happens when I made the choice and entered into covenant with my husband. See, he tells this all the time. Before then, I could think, my goodness, he's hot. My good man, I tell you what, I'd like to spend the rest of my life with him. 
Woo, you know, he makes me have fuzzy feelings on the inside. I think I want to live with him forever. But you know what? I could have said all that, I could have done all that, and we could have broke up and it never, and nothing ever happened. No matter how much I wanted to spend all my life with him. Right? I could have known the blessing of the Lord. That I would, if I would enter into covenant with him, that we could have a life together. That we could have three beautiful children, however many children before we marry, you know. We could have children together. We used to fight. He'd say dosy hoes. I'd say dosy hoes, and he'd say thracy hoes. Did I butcher that? Dosy hoes, thracy hoes. We would fight back and forth. That means children in Spanish. And we would go back and forth. Well, you see how many we had. So, <laughs> no. But the thing about it is, is that I could have known all the things that we could do. The Lord could have even shown me. You know, we knew we're going to do ministry together. We're going to have success in life together in Him. It's going to be a good thing. But until I stood before an altar and before the Lord and I said, that, you know, I commit myself, I take vows to you. You're my husband and I'll be a wife to you all my days. Right? Until then, it could have all been nothing. I want to enter into this with you. I would really like to have the blessings of the Lord. I would really like to come through the door. But until I made a covenant with my mouth, there was nothing there. Romans 10, 9 and 10 again. That if you confess with your mouth, if you make a covenant with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the supreme authority, and believe in your heart that, Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. So then, Philippians chapter 3. Let's see. Thank you, Lord. Look at chapter 4, 18, 418. I got the wrong thing. What am I trying to find? 317. Thank you. Thank you. Golly. Brethren, join in my example and note those that walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. What did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. You don't know what spirit you're of. Some translations say, the one that we have says, you're not mindful of the things of God, you're mindful of the things of men. And Satan means adversary. You're at adverse. Ad, it comes from the word adverse. To bring adversity. You, again, God has a plan in this earth. And anything that is crossways of the plan that He has for us is an adversary and is creating adversity to the plan of God. Is that right? All right, let's keep looking. 
For, for many walk of whom I have told you, even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven. Guys, we've we got to be... Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness... And all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. We are of the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Come on, we gotta get, we get, we gotta get this. We start we, we, months ago. We talked on the unseen. We have got to get more um, aware of the things in the unseen than the things in the seen. God, get man, help us, Lord, to sense and to know and and to see what you have for us in the unseen. Because it's more real than what's in the seen. Now look, Peter, he could see Jesus. Jesus had walked with him for three years. He had lived with him. He He had followed him everywhere he had went. Peter, James, and John got to go with Jesus into the secret place. He loved him every bit that he could in his in what he could muster in his natural. Jesus tried to get him to say, I got you, and all Jesus could do was say, I'm your friend, I love you. I'm your friend, I love you. Remember? Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Peter got upset. He's like, What in the world? Yes, I love you. He's fleshly. He's flesh ruled. He's attached to the man Jesus. Oh, that's good. He's attached to the man Jesus. Let's go ahead and realize that Jesus was on the earth for 33 years. What was Jesus before he came? He was the Word. Right? John, verse John 1. For the Word, let's see. From the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who was that? Jesus. Verse 14. He was made flesh, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who was that? Jesus. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. But He was a man on the earth for 33 years. He was the Word for eternity past. He is the Word for eternity present. I mean, for eternity future. There was only a small sliver of time. And Peter's looking and he's, and he's thinking, I'm attached to the man Jesus. I'm atta-. Peter didn't understand if you go, then the, that's why Jesus had to take him aside and say, if, you, if I go, then the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, He'll come and it's much better that I go away. Because Jesus knew that He was going to leave with them the Word and the Spirit. Because He is the Word. But Peter is looking at earthly things. He's saying, there are some of you in our congregation even now that if um, Pastor Brian and I were to go, 
you would be, you know, deep sorrowed in your heart. You would, you would miss us, I think. Ha <laughs> ha! Maybe. No, but, but you see, and it's only been just, uh, you know, right going on three years. And you've not lived with us. You've, Peter, they have lived. And he's having a, a fleshly emotional battle here. What's it based on? The seen and earthly things. And that's why Jesus rebuked him. Look here, snap out of it, man. Get back over in the Holy Spirit because you done rocked on over and got in your flesh. Right? Peter could not see past what he could see. He, far be it from you, Lord. Don't, you, you, surely you don't have to die. If any man will follow after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever desires to lose himself, desires to keep his life, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus knew this. He said, I endure, he endured the cross, despising the shame, for the joy that was set before him. We got to crucify some flesh around here. Because I think that we, we're beginning to see that the, if Antichrist scares you, we can call it the spirit of the world. If that, if that word bothers you, but it really is. And, it, and it's a great um, word and definition for what? Because it's anti to Christ. It's, it's um, cuts crossways. It really is opposite, although it doesn't look like it. Don't be deceived. Judge the spirits. Find out what's driving you. We need to know what's driving us. What our desires are. Because Paul said, let this same mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. But if, we, but if you can't tell us any difference between the world and that we're out after all our fleshly desires and we're, and we're doing things out of what we can see in the natural, following after the lust of the flesh and all the things that we want, then, then we've, we've, not, we've not yet even begun to obtain. We've not yet begun to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of you. Because again, I, Paul said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for, before the Lord, which is your reasonable service. I mean, for the one that gave all for you, it just makes sense and is reasonable that you'd be willing to um, lose your life for his sake. Is that right? What spirit? What spirit? What spirit is driving you today? What are you after? What are you chasing? Come on, David said, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Come on. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and does damage to his soul? 
But then that's the thing, see. John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't let, look, don't let the spirit of the world, the enemy, the lust for things, get you distracted from the cross of Christ. Because your cross to bear, take up your cross and follow me. Your cross to bear is not sickness, disease, and poverty. He already bore that. He bore that on the cross. He took that. Our sin, shame, and everything else. But your cross to bear is fulfilling the plan and the purpose that he has for you. And if you've not tapped into that yet, it's time to tap into it because you can't fulfill the will of the Father. You can't walk. Look. You can't walk and his will and his plan if you're submitted to the authority of another spirit. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. Thoughts to give you a hope and a future. You know what? He can see what's coming ahead of you. He knows. He knows what's coming down the pike, so to speak. He knows that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. The end thereof is death. But the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. What does that mean? What does righteousness mean? It means you're in right standing with the governing authority. You're in right standing with the king. And man, when you're there, when you're seeking first the kingdom, when you're following after his ways, all that's there is life. All that's there is life and peace. Right? He knows. This is not a hard thing. I know you're thinking, my God, how much are they going to preach this? Well, we don't have it. We hadn't got it. You, you ain't gotten it yet. We're sure of it. We're sure of it because look here. But look, this is why we're praying that God would grant to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I cannot tell you just in the last few weeks, and it's happened, it happens all during this walk as a as a disciple. All of a sudden, you've read things a hundred times, and wham! One day there it is. Oh my! That's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the eyes of understanding being enlightened. Because you know what? If we knew this, if we had faith in this, we would walk in this. You know you're in faith by if you're obeying, obeying the Word of the Lord. And if we knew it, then we would be walking it out. We would be walking it out. So this is, we, look, this is the cry of the Holy Spirit for the last days. Right here. Make him Lord. Get it right. Get Walk not according to the spirit of the world, but walk according to my spirit. For in me and, and being led by my spirit will get you to the way of life. It will keep you on the narrow way. What does the Bible say? Broad is the way. Open and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. You can follow what everybody else is doing 
It's like a school of fish. And they're all heading for, you know, destruction, going over the cliff. But the Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Now, don't, don't, keep, keep, your, keep your spirit open here. Don't, don't get over in the mind and try to... If we will follow the Holy Spirit, if we will set ourselves to mind the things of the Father, to mind the things of God, to stay in His will, every day take up our cross and follow Him. So, so you made a mistake yesterday. Take up your cross and follow. This is a daily thing. The Bible says every day, let us work out daily. Let us work out our own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. And fear and trembling, yeah, there's gonna be a terrible day for those who who don't make Him Lord. There is. But you know what? Fear and trembling. Listen, guys, I get upset when I think I've disappointed my husband. Not very often, but there are times that I feel like that I haven't. And I, it bothers me. You may be that way with a parent. You may be that way with some, you know, someone else. But we ought to have a fear and a displeasure in displeasing the Father. Every day walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling before the God. But the cool thing is about that, the really neat thing about that is, is that you go back and he's saying, I beseech you by my mercy. His mercies are new every morning. And we need them extended to us, don't we? We need So every day, get up, set yourself. God, what is it that you've apprehended me for? God, help me to walk in your spirit today. Keep me, God. The Bible says in First um, Peter 2, Now to he who is able to keep me from falling. You don't even have to be scared of messing up if you're walking in the Spirit. Because he said now who, to him who is able to even to keep me from falling. His mercy's new every morning. And it's mercy to walk this out. It's mercy to present yourself a living sacrifice. Every day. Every day. Every day it's you I live for. Every day I follow after you. Every day I walk with you, my Lord. I walk with you, my Lord. The supreme authority in my life. And you know what? If you walk with him, refuse to submit your members to the spirit that would be anti to what he's called you to do. Listen, it don't even have to be sin. Anything that would hinder his purpose for your life is crossways to him. Anything, anything, anything. So let's, you know, and the thing is, um, praise the Lord, that he... His gifts and His callings are without repentance. The thing that He has for you, the, things that he, the thing that He's purposed for you, since, listen, before you were even formed in the womb, the Bible says when, you were, when I was created in the secret place where no one else could see, 
that He already planned and purposed what there would be for my life. He has a plan. Tap into it. Tap into it. And stay focused. Stay focused. Don't look to the right or to the left. Stay focused on what I have for you, says the Lord. It brings me displeasure when you turn aside. All the things that I have planned for you. They're good things. Praise the Lord. Let us obtain our life. Let us gain life. Not death. Life. By following the Master. Making Him Lord, the supreme authority. Every day work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And you know what? Just like we've been taught, the only way to obtain salvation is making that covenant with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Because you can't obtain salvation by any other means. See, he who enters the door by any other way is like a wolf. He's not a sheep. Let me read you, let me read you this real quick. Let me read you this real quick and we'll close. Matthew thirteen twenty four. Maybe we can get into this some more later. Another time. Give you something to wet your whistle, so to speak. Oh yeah. Matthew thirteen twenty four. All right. Another parable. He he put forth to them saying. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the grain had sprouted and produced the crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, do you want, didn't you sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have tares? Then he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and take them up? Let both grow together into the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather in the tares and bind them into bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. There's wheat and there's tares. And they're both living in the earth. They're both living in the church. Set yourself today to be weed. You want to be wheat. You want to be growing weed. Don't you? Amen. Not tares because the Bible said that the enemy sowed the tares. And what did he get? And he sows them to distract to eat up some of the sunlight from the wheat. It's just a big distraction for what the Father has. Let's be wheat. We'll revisit that one later. Okay? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Lord, we love you and we worship you, God.